Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on, we're going to get into the Word today, and I'm just going to kind of take uh, the other half of the story. Pastor Jesse took Mary. You know, we say in marriage counseling, there's always two sides to every story. <laughs> and uh, uh, Pastor Jesse took on Mary, and this today I'm going to take on Joseph. And um, one of the things we're going to do is I really want you to, uh, I really believe God gave me a thought today that maybe is a new thought uh, for you. I know it was for me, just this perspective on the life of Joseph. Um, but uh, what we've been talking about last week and this week is the idea of making room, making room for the plans of God, making room for the purposes of God in our life and how, uh, how Mary and Joseph both had a plan for their life, but they had to, to, to make some some changes, they had to adapt so that they could stay in line with what God wanted for them. And the only way to do that was for them to make room in their life for, uh, for God's plans and God's ways. And so I find today's thought very fascinating because Joseph, the, the stepfather of Jesus, the, the adopted father of Jesus, the man who married the mother of Jesus had such a small part to play in the narrative of the grand story of the Bible. Uh, you actually find that if you try to research Joseph, Jesus' father, and outside of um, non-canonical, non-biblical text, you might find some different stories and different perspectives and things. But found in the, in the books of the Bible, we find a very, very, very small snapshot of this man, Joseph, who was the father, natural father of Jesus. There, there's no real history there. And so for somebody who played such a significant role and part in this story that we celebrate every year, we really realized that there was really a minimal amount of information surrounding uh, Joseph. And I find that so fascinating because this is what God kind of spoke to my heart that I want to speak to. This is the big idea for today. That God had, has a plan for the world and God has a plan for Joseph's life and for your life. But we have to remember something really important. We are just a part of the plan. We are not the plan. We are not the, it's not all about us. We are just a part of the plan. The plan is ultimately, the point is about Jesus. This season is about Jesus and about G, uh, Jesus alone. And this, this season is about Him. And we want to make sure that we continue to remember that although it can feel like everything is revolving around us sometimes, we are reminded that we are just a part of the grand story and that the point of all of this is Jesus and Jesus alone. We've got to remember that in this season. And what I want to do is I want to walk through, just very simply, through the story of Joseph. And help us see that Joseph had to realize that, oh, wow, this isn't about me. This isn't about what I want. This isn't ultimately about my plans. This is ultimately and fully about the point of Christmas, which is Jesus. And Jesus being the Messiah and bringing people back into relationship with him. So let's read through the scripture together. I want to encourage you to open up your Bible. Come on, this is a paper Bible. It's got ink on it. It's made with, by a tree and it's got leather bound. Uh, many of us have digital Bibles too, so open those up. But if you've got one of these or your digital Bible, come on, get it on out. And let's read in our Bibles together. It'll be right here as well. But come on, let's read this verse together. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And it says this, This is how the birth of the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. 
But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So come on, if we look at Joseph, there's two kind of different uh, thoughts on the age of Joseph. He was most likely 25 to 35 years old. Some people believe he was up to 90 years old, which, you know, you can believe that if you want. But I kind of go with the, the, other, uh, the other theory, that 20, 25 to 35 years old, he was a carpenter in a small town of Bethlehem, which was only about 400 people in that city. And so it's the kind of thing where you walk to the grocery store, you know, and, and Lucy over there sees you and she's like, oh, there's that guy who did that thing. You know, it's like everybody knows everything about everybody, you know, 400 people people in this small town and Joseph was this 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 young man who uh, was ultimately lived a plain life he was a carpenter in a small little country town but there was something special about Joseph is that Joseph was the direct descendant the direct bloodline descendant of David, King David. A thousand years prior, King David lived, and they knew that through the scripture in Isaiah and all throughout the, the, the Old Testament prophets, they believed, according to the Jewish law, that one day the Messiah would come through the descendants of, of, of David. They would come through the bloodline of David. So here's Joseph, a man who was a descendant of King David, carried his blood Joseph had one goal for his life. Yes, it wasn't just to have this massive carpentry business. It wasn't to make multi-million dollars. It wasn't to be well-known on Carpenter Magazine. You know, It was just this very simple objective for his life. Continue the line of David through my bloodline by having a wife and having children. Why? Because we know that the Messiah is going to come through the bloodline of King David. And so that was his whole thinking and his whole life where they knew that the importance that Joseph had to get married to a young girl who was of, of childbearing years and she had to be a virgin and she had to be a Jew and she had to be a respectable in her family. And so young Mary was about 12 years old and she served in the temple and, and then she went through puberty. And in the temple, girls who go through puberty are not allowed to be in the temple. And so now her job, her role, her part to play is to get married and to have children. And so now they start searching for uh, Mary's husband. And, and Joseph's parents start searching for Joseph's wife. And they most likely had already kind of arranged this idea that, hey, maybe one day they could get married. Because Joseph and Mary had nothing to do with it. The parents would choose who they would marry. They would have that choice and put them together. And so they probably been, you know, town of 400. They most likely were hang, hanging out every now and then saying, hey, that might be a good option. And so they had kind of worked through this and they had arranged this 
this marriage where they would be married and they knew the families really well. And so finally, they selected that Mary would be married to Joseph and they were pledged to be married to one another. And a contract was prepared and written up. And then there was a fee that the groom's parents, Joseph's parents, had to pay for the bride. And so once you signed the contract and paid this money, basically there was a year of betrothal where they weren't allowed to barely even see each other, let alone have any sexual contact. I mean, maybe this is a new like plan for you know dating couples is before they get married. You know, no, can't even see one another. You know, so this whole year where they they, they barely even saw each other, let alone had any physical contact at all. And so they were pledged to be married and things were going good. And so when we come onto the scene, uh, Joseph was preparing the plot, the land for his future wife, and things were going according to plan. As you know, something terrible happened when they, before they came together, before they were officially brought together where they could consummate their marriage, she was found to be pregnant with a child. Now, she stopped her mom and dad, and she said, Hey, mom and dad, I know this seems crazy, but I want you to know that God got me pregnant. <laughs> and Joseph and, and his parents were thinking, Okay, like, she's a mature, young, 13-year-old girl, just gone through puberty. I mean, she's well advanced in years and maturity, but she grew up in the temple, grew up hearing the Jewish law. She's fully aware that one day the, the prophet Isaiah says that the coming Messiah will be born to a virgin. And so maybe she thinks she's this girl. Maybe she's scared to get married and she's just making this up. Or maybe she had a little bit of a rendezvous with Joe down the street. Or, you know, or maybe she was unfortunately raped. Or who knows what happened. But all we know, Joseph's thinking to himself, hey, Mary, you're not that girl. Like, I know you think you are. I know that you want to use this as an excuse to get wiggle your way out of it. But I just got to say, I love you. I don't know what happened. I'm not sure what's going on. But you are not that girl. I mean, 500 years ago, that was prophesied, Mary. Come on, like, really, let's just be honest with what's really going on. So here they are in this situation. This wasn't Joseph's plan. Joseph's plan was, okay, I waited 35 years to consummate a marriage. I kept myself holy. I followed the law. I have a relationship with God. I feel passionate about the things of the Lord. I'm trying to follow all the right things. I'm doing everything in my power to honor God, but this is not the plan that I had hoped for. This is not what I planned for. I just wanted to have a wife and a children and to be happy. God, what is going on? I did all the right things. I mean, this isn't just me being like, you know, like kind of self-righteous. Like literally Joseph was a good guy with a good heart, with good intentions. He was the devout follower of God's law. He's, he's the picture of what it looks like to be a wonderful man of God. And somehow in this journey, he's saying, God... What's going on? I did everything that you asked me to do. I mean, and then I lost my job. I did everything you asked me to do, and then my relationship fell apart. I did everything you asked me to do, and the thing fell apart at church. I asked everything, everything you asked me to do, and now uh, it feels like I'm not going to make my ends meet this month, or it feels like I lost that job, or I didn't get that promotion, or I didn't get into that relationship, or that school didn't receive me, or things just didn't look like I thought they would look like in 2020. This was not my plan. I did everything right. Why is it, God, that this is happening? 
I mean, this was a life-altering, confusing moment for Joseph. He did nothing wrong. It wasn't like he had sin in his life or he was off color or off beat. He's thinking, I chose a great girl and things just didn't pan out like I had planned. And we see Joseph here is, is in this place where he probably was kind of happy this worked out. Because he's happy because he knows that I would rather this happen now than when we actually got, like we were together, and then it would be even messier. So I get it. Like, so what Joseph did, and the scripture says that he, he, uh, he was a faithful to the law, and he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He, look at this. He had in mind, so you begin to think, to divorce her quietly, but after he had considered this, the word considered there is like to be perplexed and to mull over it. So here's Joseph thinking, okay, like this is not a good situation. God, I thought I was on the track, but I guess I'm not. I don't know what to do. So here's the situation. I could marry Mary, but then it'll be a disgrace to my family. And I most likely am now disqualified to be able to carry this seed line of David and to have a child, which was my whole dream to carry on the seed line of David. And now it's all thwarted and I got to, you know, be with this girl and she, it's not going to be my child. Like it's going to be a disgrace to my family. Or if I, if I don't marry her and I divorce her, the, the law teaches that she'd be judged by the elders and they'd take her out back of the church and stone her to death. So now I got this death of this young girl on my hands because I chose not to be married to her. I am in a stinking conundrum. I don't know what to do. I'm in a quandary. I can do this or I could do that. What do I do? Joseph being a wise, you know, a wise person and a man of God and a follower of the law. He says, okay, God, what do I do? And he says, okay, I think I've got this figured out. I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to divorce her quietly. I won't let anybody know. You know, I know, you know, Aunt Lucy down the street is going to probably find out and tell somebody. But, you know, like, okay, so I'm going to find out, make this happen. I'll divorce her quietly. She'll move on. I'll get that done with. I'll find a new girl. I'll extend the line of David. I'll keep that going, keep my business going. Everything's So David or, or Joseph here is figuring out his own little plan. Okay, I got it. I now have a fresh plan. I've shifted in 2020. I got a new plan. I have pivoted come on somebody hashtag pivoted i hate that word i pivoted into this new season i am ready to go see i want you to catch something new. we're going to stop here for a moment i really need you to catch this something god just showed me in this scripture see and this isn't bad i want you to hear me i'm not uh condemning anyone for thinking this way because i know what i do too joseph's only really thinking about his future he's really thinking about I mean, if you were in the same situation, I had an idea that I was going to look like this, white picket fence, kids, you know, whatever, things were going to look like this, and now the plan I had is not going to work out, so how do I sh make this thing work so I can accomplish the plan that I had? I, I want to get married, and I want to have kids, and man, I want to extend the, the, the seed line of David so the Messiah can one day come through my seed line. Like, like this was my plan. Now, David or, or Joseph was literally only thinking about his own self. He, he was really making his life the point. Now remember, we all do this. It happens. We're all living our lives. We're doing our thing. But the, we have to realize something in the scripture that Joseph was feeling challenged because he wasn't going to be able to accomplish what he had planned in his mind. And then the angel came to him and said this. After he considered this, an angel Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. The angel Lord came and said, hey, listen, Joseph, I need you to understand something. You are not the point of the plan. You are only a part of the plan. This isn't about you, Joseph. 
I know that you had a plan, but I want you to know the purposes of God are going to prevail. Why? Look what he says. Because what is conceived in there, look at this, it's from God. Yeah. It's from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It might seem like your plans have been thwarted. It might seem like things didn't work out like you hoped. It might seem like that relationship fell apart and it doesn't make any sense. It might seem like that job fell apart or that situation with that person. You think, what is going on? I'm here to tell you today, God is in it. Because this isn't about you. This is about the point. Jesus. Jesus being glorified through your life. And so you just have to play your part in the grand story of God for the, all of creation. We don't invite God to, into our story. We're invited into His. And we have to remember something on this journey. That we have to remember that God is in it. God is sovereign. You might say, God, I've been serving you my whole life. Why does this happen? He says, hey, don't be afraid. Proceed. I'm in it. I know it seems like things aren't going to work out, but I'm in it. You've got a part to play. Don't worry. It's not going to turn out like you hope, but it's going to turn out like I wanted. You're playing your part, but the point is Jesus. The point is keeping it all about Jesus. And the angel wanted him to understand something very simply. Joseph, this is not about you. This is about my son. He'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. This is bigger than you. This is bigger than your happiness. This is bigger than your moment of euphoria. This is bigger than you reaching that goal or that promotion or that, 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 that dream, this idea... This whole thing, Christmas, is bigger than us. It's God's massive, grand narrative to restore people back into a relationship with Him because He wants to save people from their sins. We have to recognize that in this verse, this, this idea that Joseph was accepting his part. Now you recognize something. Joseph wasn't going to be act Jesus' actual father. It would be like an adopted father. And Joseph's only prominent in a few accounts in Scripture. We see him at the, this moment, the birth of Jesus. We see him when he fled Egypt, when he was brought him back, back, when he was in the temple around 11, 12 years old. So we only really see Jesus or Joseph in a few moments in this Scripture. And theologian hints at the idea that Joseph died before Jesus even got into his public ministry, probably when Jesus was a teenager. And so J Joseph was signing up to no longer be the father in that moment. To, and he didn't know about his future children or future relationship. He just knew in this moment, I'm signing up to be a half-dad. And little did he know that he was going to die in the next 12 years. Now, I want you to understand that that was the, the, the important part that Joseph played, but we don't hear from Joseph ever again in Scripture. Which means this, you and I are given a part of this story, and we need to live this part to the fullest. Why? Because it's, this isn't about us. This is about the future generations of people who will be impacted by the kingdom of God. This is about your future 
offspring or your future adopted children or your future spiritual children or the kingdom of God. You have to recognize the part that you play might not mean that you get your name on the front of Time magazine. It might not mean that you have the most subscribers on YouTube. It might not mean that your business goes as big as you thought it would or you travel and see the world like you thought you might or you might not be have the ministry you thought you might accomplish. All of those things are up to the Lord. Why? Because that is not the point. The point is Jesus. We are just a part in this journey, in this story. We are just a small part. Now look at this language that the angel says to Joseph. Joseph, son of David. Look at this. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Now normally when there's an angel interaction with an individual in Scripture, he says, fear not, meaning they're scared, you know, they're scared like crazy because there's this massive angel in their presence. But in this specific dream, the, the, the fear is connected to what he's asking him to do. There's fear connected to the part he's supposed to play. There's fear connected to what if I continue in this way or what if I don't find a job or what if, I, what if this person thinks wrongly about me or what if the, the, I'm not vindicated for I was wrong, wrongfully treated or what if the relationship doesn't work out like I hope or what if this, what if that. Generally, there's this sense of Fear. This idea here is that to be scared away or to be alarmed or to be hesitant to perceive. He says, don't be afraid of the situation that you're facing right now. Don't be afraid of the fact that 2021, none of us have any clue what's going on. Don't be afraid of the fact that I don't have a job. What do I do? Don't be afraid if the relationship isn't perfect. Don't be afraid to continue forward knowing I don't know what's going to happen next. All I know is that I got a part to play. And the point of all of this is to bring glory to Jesus. Amen. You have to recognize that fear seems to be the foundation of why we don't make room for God's plan in our life. Now, I know this feels like an episode from, you know, the housewives of Bethlehem. You know what I mean? This sounds like a weird, like, story where it's like, okay, you sleep in this and doing that and going here. But I got you to know that, that even though Joseph had a wise plan to get himself out of the situation, to position himself for the next level of prominence in his ministry career, God said, stop. Don't be afraid of what I'm asking you to do. Don't be afraid of the fact that your plans didn't pan out like you hoped because I am actually in it. There's fear. This fear of plans not working out. The fear of not being in total control of my life. The fear of actually having to make room for the Spirit of God to lead me. The fear that if I don't wiggle and figure and analyze and, uh, and plan and strategize and structure and uh, I get afraid that nothing's going to work out like I plan. Well, guess what? It might not, but God might be in it. Yeah. He might be in this journey where you don't know what's going to happen next. He might be in this season where you haven't calculated the final outcome. He, uh, he won't have to know everything. Why? Because the point isn't about you. It's about Jesus about bringing glory to him. And we see here that fear can be the underlying reason why we don't create space for God to play our part and make it about Jesus. Matthew, uh, in this verse, we see Joseph's response. Look what happens. It says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. He says, don't be afraid, have faith. Yeah. He woke up from the dream 
And there's no like moment where it says he thought about it. He considered it. He fasted about it. It just says he woke up and he obeyed. He woke up and by faith he stepped into his life and said, okay, I don't understand it. It's not how I planned it, but I'm going to marry this woman. I'm going to step forward. Don't be afraid to have faith. The evidence of things not yet seen. Faith. We have to recognize that Joseph's, uh, Joseph put God's dream over his plan. God's dream was more important than Joseph's plan. God's dream, Jesus, the focus on Jesus, making Jesus the center, trusting in Jesus, having faith in Jesus, believing that despite not knowing what's next, I'm going to obey God in this season. So Joseph made that decision and he played a part in the grand story of the Messiah coming to earth to save the entire world. But not only that, you know, Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. So he was 100% led by God, the Father. But also, I would like to believe that there were things that, that on earth, these natural relationships, he learned things from different people. He learned character qualities. And I believe that, as Scripture shows us, that Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. He had to learn this obedience. And so here's Jesus growing up through his life. And there was a moment in Jesus' life when he, I, I would like to believe, looked back on his life and was modeling what not only his heavenly father has taught him, but what his natural father had taught him. There's a moment in Luke chapter 22 where Jesus was going into the garden before he was crucified. And I don't think I have it on the screen here this morning. But it says this, Father, If you are willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. He's saying this, Father, I actually don't want to do this. If I had my human plan, I would do this differently because this is brutal. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to marry this woman who doesn't have my child. I don't want to be in a place where I don't have a job. I don't want to be alone again. I don't want to be in a place where I'm, I'm not at a church serving. or I don't want to be in the season I'm in, but God, not my will, he says, but yours be done, Father. If Joseph had not have made that decision to play his part for the short season that God called him to play his part, then how this whole narrative was based on Joseph saying yes. That Jesus became a part of that journey and Jesus became the Messiah. And Jesus looked back and said, yes, my heavenly father, I want to honor you. But also I look back to my natural dad, Joseph. He had to do this too. My point is this. You never know what result or fruit will come from you saying yes to the part God's called you to play and making this no longer about you. When we lay our lives down and we make room for God in our lives in this season, we recognize he, He's called us just to live a, a, a life of faith and a life of, uh, of courage and boldness for the Lord. But you just have a part to play. And you know what? I'm going to play this part, God, and I know that in 2021, my plans probably won't pan out like I hoped. But Lord, it's not my will. Let your will be done. What happens is, 
Joseph was able to be a part of bringing about the Messiah through his seed line. Even though it wasn't directly through his body, he was the father of the very Messiah that he was trying to help in the first place. Seek first the kingdom of God. And guess what? All of these things will be added unto you. If you play your part and say, all right, Lord, I'm going to create space for you. And this doesn't make any sense to me, God, but I'm going to open up my heart and make room for you and follow you and have faith and not fear in this season. You're going to, God's going to do crazy things through your yes. And it's not just going to impact you. It's going to impact your future generations to come. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, we just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for who you are, God. Thank you for this Christmas season. We just say, Lord, we open up our hearts to you. Lord, we often just naturally make this kind of about us. We make ourselves the point. We're reminded this morning, God, that you're the point, Jesus. Your will is the point. Your way is the point. Your kingdom's the point. And we just get to play our part. So God, today I pray that you would come into every home, every person who's facing some difficulty in their life that their plans didn't work out. Let them know today, God, that, Father, you're in it. It may not make sense, but you're in it. You're a part of it. You're you're in their life, God, and you're inviting them into your story. And we say yes to your story, God. We say yes to the part you want us to play, and we make room for you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, come on. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.